So the reading comes from John, starting in John chapter 15. Gospel of John, starting in John 15, verse 26. And in this passage, Jesus is sharing the Last Supper with his disciples and speaking with them. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. And now jumping into verse 4 in chapter 16. I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you asks me, where are you going? Rather, you're filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. About sin, because people do not believe in me. About righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me, because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. This is the word of the Lord. It is good to be here. I believe we were going to set things in order a year ago or over a year ago, but uh, lockdown got in the way. Uh, but it was still good to come for the service that we recorded here on, on um, sometime in March, I think it was, last year, April. Today, as we celebrate Pentecost, and I must say I am impressed that uh, you've got a red stand here, um, very impressive. Today, as we celebrate Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, it is a great day, actually, to be confirming Kelvin and receiving Grant, Lawina, Carol, Elaine, Alex and Kay. It's a very appropriate day, as I'll be praying particularly for the strengthening of the Holy Spirit. As Kelvin publicly confirms the promises made at his baptism, saying publicly, yes, I want to be an ambassador for Christ. I want to belong to the church. And for those uh, being received, publicly committing to living out their baptismal promises in the context of this parish within the Anglican Church of Australia. As Carol said, in our gospel... Jesus is gathered with his disciples in the upper room, celebrating the feast of the Passover before he goes to the cross. Jesus is wanting to prepare them for what lies ahead. 
for all that lies ahead. Significant, radical change, loss and grief. Jesus is wanting to prepare them for reimagining the future and what it means for them to play their part in that. If we remember that, these words of Jesus will have a particular resonance at this time. With COVID-19, our world, our country, our communities, our churches have gone through a significant time of radical change, loss and grief. We're being called to reimagine the future and what it means for us to play our part in that. These words will also have a particular resonance, I think, for St. Columns. The consultation process, an opportunity to reimagine the future, as it has turned out in a time of sudden change with Mike's heart attack and then resignation and Paul moving parishes as well and all that goes with that. So Jesus has been giving words of comfort, words of encouragement. Here in chapter 16, he's particularly warning his disciples how tough it's going to be. Put out of synagogues, even martyrdom. And as he's already intimated to them that evening, Jesus will not be with them. He is now going to the one who sent him the Father. I didn't say these things to you from the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Jesus has already talked about going. He's already said, chapter 14, do not let your hearts be troubled. And Then Thomas, and even earlier in chapter 13, Peter, have asked questions about the going. Not now. Now Jesus simply acknowledges sorrow has filled your hearts. The disciples are facing a time of great change. They're struggling to see what the future holds, let alone the part they're to play in it. They know things have to change, yet when faced with it, especially the loss of their leader, they're experiencing fear, anxiety, grief. I always remember a retreat leader making the point, we live in a world choking with unresolved grief. Our hearts are troubled. Sorrow fills our hearts particularly in our society where life is very busy, periods of mourning are actually very hard to preserve. We live with constant change. COVID-19 has only exacerbated that. Grief, of course, is not just limited to the loss of loved ones. We grieve the loss of what we've known, whether it's a place, a way of life, a way of being, friendships, security. We see it on a personal level 
We see it with reactions to world's events like COVID and we see it in the church. In grief, we experience the fragility of our community, something in the normal course of events, that in the normal course of living, we can easily be blind to, tend to forget. Yet that experience of fragility, that disillusionment is important because it's as we're stripped of our illusions about reality, it's that disillusionment which leads to being open to a new reality. The way we live grief is the key to moving to the new, to experiencing the resurrection. The way we live grief shapes our resurrection. A typical pattern with grief is to stick with our story. But with Jesus, you cannot hold on to what was. In fact, the very point Jesus is making in the upper room in these verses is that it will only be as the disciples let go of what was that they will be able to take hold of experience life in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, whose coming we celebrate on this day of Pentecost. The Living Spirit, who is the Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of Jesus. The Spirit, who is the foretaste of the coming glory. Therefore, the disciples aren't to look backward, but upward and forward. The work of the Spirit is to continue the work of Jesus. So that followers of Jesus, not just the disciples gathered in the upper room, not just those who witnessed the resurrected Jesus, but all followers of Jesus, all baptised Christians across the centuries and around the world, including Kelvin, Grant, Louina, Carol, Elaine, Alex and Kay, and all of us here today, continue to experience the presence of God firsthand. Not secondhand, firsthand. And as much as Jesus warns it's going to be tough here in chapter 16, in what he says about the Holy Spirit, he makes two very encouraging points about the Holy Spirit. Essentially, we've heard them in our children's talks today. Because firstly, really Jesus is saying, Look to the Spirit, the Advocate, for assurance. In verses 8 to 11, we're to have the picture in our minds of a heavenly law court. We had a great picture today of a schoolroom version of a law court. Well, take your minds to heaven. That's really what's in play here. The Holy Spirit in the role of the advocate in a lawsuit. God's people versus the world. And the message is simply, take heart. We have the Spirit of God proving our case, proving what matters in the end. Putting it in terms of our baptismal promises, we can be assured Whatever life brings, whatever challenges we face, 
that we are right to have said, to declare, I turn to Christ. I repent of my sin. To trust, in other words, trust, which is the opposite of sin, trust God for everything rather than ourselves, trust God for everything and keep trusting. To respond to Jesus in faith, that is the essence of righteousness. As we reject selfish living and all that is false and unjust, as we renounce Satan and all evil, to trust where we do not see. Look to the Spirit, the advocate for assurance, sin, righteousness, and judgment, which follows. These three related words stand for something which belongs to the universal stock of human ideas. What matters? All people everywhere have ideas of right and wrong, and all people draw the line somewhere to mark off and judge what has to be condemned. The spirit will prove what matters. And let's not forget that the negative work of judgment is only the shadow cast by that which obstructs the light. The purpose of the coming of Jesus is that all should come to the light. So secondly, verses 12 to 15, look to the Spirit for guidance. Jesus couldn't tell his disciples everything before he went to the cross. It would have been too much too soon. But he could promise them the Spirit who would guide them, the Spirit of truth who will guide us as to what it means to be the church for today, ambassadors for Christ, so that others may come to the light. The whole Christian message is about the things that are coming with its centre as the one who is to come. The work of the Spirit of Truth, who both is and imparts the truth as the Spirit of God, and who is promised to those who abide in him, who is the truth. The work of the Spirit is to guide us along the road we travel towards the fulfilment of that promise. Just like the first disciples, as we travel this road, we will meet wholly new situations as we have this past year. New situations, new peoples, new cultures, new structures. The Spirit of Truth will show us the way forward by speaking to us the Word of God, Jesus himself here and now, today. We don't possess all the truth, even now. But we have the promise of the Spirit to guide us into the truth as a whole, which can only be fully known at the end, when things that are to come have fully come. We abide in the truth as we are a learning church. And we learn best as we press forward, seeking 
in ways to make the word of God fully known, share the good news of Jesus with all the nations, with the Hawthorne of today, the communities and networks we, the church, and each of us here are a part of, the riches of the one who is, who has come, and is to come. The Holy Spirit bringing glory to Jesus, taking from what is Jesus and making it known to us, reminding us of what Jesus has already said and did, showing up for the light of Jesus, exposing the darkness of the world for what it is, and yes, guiding us, nudging our minds, our imaginations into ways of knowing and things to know of God, the God revealed in Jesus his person and mission. It's what we've seen happening over this past year. We couldn't do things the way we've always done them, yet St Columns has been far from closed. As you found new ways to gather, to worship, some of which you've even kept up, different ways to provide comfort, care and connection, signs of God's love to the people around you, people in need. It's been a gift in amongst great challenge. And gift is the heart of what Jesus is talking about. The gift of all that Jesus said and did was a gift from God, what the Father gave him to say and do. And the gift of the Spirit, the advocate, the guide, the helper, whom we celebrate today, and whom we'll be praying will strengthen those being confirmed and received, is empowering all of us who follow Jesus to live like him and so have the same impact on the world as Jesus did. Look to the Spirit. Look to the Spirit for assurance as your advocate. Look to the Spirit for guidance as your helper.